Hello, welcome back to Turning Little Stones. In this episode, I am absolutely delighted to welcome Sarah Rowledge, who has been a colleague for many, many years. She has done a lot of pioneering work, as well as running her own very successful nursery, baby groups, and even primary school as well. So yeah, she's got a lot of experience, a lot to share. Now she is more working with adults, I think, although she does still run her nursery and uh, works in universities. So she really does know what she's talking about. Today, we're going to be talking about fabulous phonics. So I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Turning Little Stones, the podcast that takes a fresh look at the fascinating world of young children. As a parent, experienced childcare professional, and early years consultant, I get how much we dream good things for our children. We start out hopeful and confident, and yet somehow the daily reality can feel more like a grind than a gift. And so we easily miss out on the joys of these fleeting early years. Over time, I've come to realize that to give our children the best start in life, we first need to recognize what's going on inside them, in secret. There is some great research out there, and my heart is to make some of this relatable for everyone. And so, throughout these weekly podcasts, I hope that whoever you are, parent, family carer, childminder, practitioner, anyone who spends time with young children, can take a moment each week to reinterpret what our children are doing and why. And by doing so, I have seen countless exasperated, bewildered, exhausted carers become re-energized and inspired as they find easy ways to connect with what their young children are naturally eager to do. A little like turning over a pebble in a rock pool to discover a hidden world tucked away. We too, We'll look at our children with fresh eyes and delight in being part of their journey. So welcome back to Turning Little Stones. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Sarah, who is a good friend and colleague over many, many years now. We're going to be talking about the fun of phonics, fabulous phonics. So... That's what we're going to be talking about today, but we could talk to Sarah about absolutely anything. Sarah, I'm just going to leave you to introduce yourself because you can do it far better than I can. Thank you, Caroline. Um, my name is Sarah Rowledge and I have worked in the early years sector for scarily over 25 years now. I fell into, quite literally, fell into a Montessori nursery and trained from that point. I've got my own nursery. But over the years, it's actually working with the adults that I've really relished and is definitely an area that has grown in my life. The adults in terms of wishing to work in the early years sector, but actually now the parents and parents across the board hoping to support them, empower them and bring about a greater understanding of the children in their care. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what we're about here. It, it's just encouraging parents, giving them a few takeaway bits of information yeah. that might transform how they care for their children. And it's not just parents, it's, it's childcare practitioners and all sorts. Yeah, and of anyone. course, this is an amazing subject for that because I guess you've seen how tense people can get, how anxious people can get when we suddenly talk about literacy and phonics and that sort of stuff. Yes, and it comes into a parent's being generally when they enter into primary school. And so often the word phonics is used without any explanation, with almost an expectation that you're aware of what the phonetic alphabet sounds like. And yet it can start so much earlier in a much more graceful way if the parents realise the simplicity around it and have the tools in their kit bag to know what the letter sound is so that the M in phonetic terms is a M. But unless you have that, you're going to go by trial and error and what you think that should be. And so we get some very interesting sounds. Shall we go, shall we just try and unpack what phonetic awareness is? Absolutely. (laughs) How would you introduce that? You're absolutely right. This this comes at parents often from primary school. And there's, "Ah, I should have been, or I need to know how to support my child's understanding with phonics. But but what is it? What what how would we describe phonics? Great question. So how I explain it is for a child to be able to enter into reading and writing as a communicate we are naturally communicators the spoken word and that is innate in all of us. But the skill to read and write requires work. Yeah. To be taught. Mm-hmm. And over the years, Montessori started over 100 years ago, but now throughout education in the UK, they talk about the phonetic alphabet. Which is different which is from, though different from the ABC. Yes, yeah, so the and ABC w- the, is the name of the, the letter. letter. And yet all of us, yeah. we know inherently that the name of the letter is the ABC. Yet the tool that we require to support a child entering into reading is to know the sound of what that letter makes. So we all know that the first letter in the alphabet, let's hope, is an A. Mm -hmm. And yet to know that its sound is an A is very different. And lots of people in that vein... There are letters that aren't necessarily as simple as that. So we might all know that the letter name for the L is L. Yes. But most of us, if we haven't had instruction, if we are not supported or helped, we would make an assumption that the sound of the letter is a lure, where in actual fact it's a ooh, where the tongue stays at the top of the mouth behind the teeth and doesn't move. 
and it's those sounds within words because we're we're sort of catching it, aren't we? Catching the sound that you can hear within the word, and that's why it's not a la, it's an all because of ladder. And then your tongue requires to go to whichever vowel comes next. As you just said, it could be the L to the A for the A sound, the ladder. But we need the tongue to stay there because it could be going to lock. Yes. Yes. And I think realisation that up until this point, the children's understanding of language is the words. Mm. And we require to help them break those words down and realise that the words contain sounds. So they will have heard us talking to them, the word cat, for instance, in the house. Yet to be able to read, we actually first have to do the initial step of realising that word has the building blocks of a k, an a, and then a t. And if we can do that through hearing first, it then makes the recognition of the letter and then the reading, putting those sounds together. When they see the k, a, t, that becomes a much easier process if they've had help and support with the phonetical awareness. Big word. It, I don't mean such a big word, but phonetical awareness, just meaning those individual sounds that each word is composed of. Yeah. And I have... I'm We'll move on to, because you've developed an app, a really simple app, but it is so powerful. I think it's really profound. But the other ones I've seen on the market are are quite busy, quite gimmicky, quite... Yeah, they do unpack the phonics, absolutely. But many, many of them stick on first sounds. Now, although yours does it, yeah. it is that you introduce a k for the first sound in a cat but you immediately invite the listener and the child and the carer to see what else they can find yep around them around them which is absolutely lovely but you're also potentially because you're focusing on the k when it comes to a little later you can hear a k in the word lock for example. Um, yeah. And I love that, whereas many of the others, they don't. I mean, I don't know whether Letterland is still around much anymore, but that was all focused on first sounds. Is that right? Yeah, and attaching, uh, personifying a letter. Yes. Which, yes. Natural fact, within that personification, the child then has to unlearn that yes. the s isn't Sammy Snake. Yes. It's just... So, yes, I think as well you start with the initial sound because it is so much easier for the child to hear that. But when you are in your communications, then in actual fact, middle sounds, last sounds, they all start to come out. And and it's never wrong, is it, when you're with a child and they say, but I can hear a k in lock mm-hmm. you absolutely can mm-hmm. well done amazing and it's exciting isn't it yeah. because that's being led by the child yeah i, I often think of p- that's a lovely one isn't it because tap p- p- <laughs> yeah and mine is yeah 
Mm. And to realise that in actual fact there's no voice there. It literally is that... I love sound. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've developed this app, and um, I don't often try and sell things through the podcast. <laughs> it's peanuts in terms of money, but I strongly advise listeners to to go and find it. You're calling it A to, to Z, Z phonics. phonics. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a great picture of a zebra. Which is yeah. Good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just wondered what made you want to develop the app because that's nothing you, you've not done it for anything else, have you? This no. is this is Sarah's only. Yeah, it's the <laughs> only, only app. and it will be probably <laughs> the only app. Um, I definitely heard a lot of parents speak to me about their frustrations. And their attempts, they felt that they were letting their children down because they were being asked to support their children as they were immersed in the phonetics, but not really having any confidence of how to do that. Yeah. Also, interestingly, from an early years perspective, parents who had older children, the children that were in the early year sector were being supported by their parents and yet they were coming into nursery with ABC, with the letter names. And we were really aware that we were, the, the parent is the prime educator, clearly. So there was no way we wished to go into any form of at home ABC, but at nursery mm -hmm. at it was then being able to communicate with the parents and say, this is what will be expected mm. in the primary school. This is what we're doing at a nursery. Would you like to mm. know Join what us. those letters yeah. sound mm. like? Mm. And realising that universally yes. the answer was yes, please. And actually, dare I say it, many, many practitioners Yes, oh gosh. Because the expectation <laughs> is yes. that they know. But yes. Yes. who remembers how we learn? Mm. I don't know. I can't remember how I learnt to read. Mm. And maybe it was different then, mm. but it definitely isn't now. Mm. So across the UK and mm. also all those other schools in other countries where English is the language in which the children will be educated, yeah. again, when you are speaking to... Mm foreign practitioners there's a real need there because mm. they wish to help the children learn mm. in English and yet there's no tools for them to be able to acquire those letter sounds themselves and actually on a complete aside it really does help with learning another language I'm learning Italian at the moment and that is more oh. phonetic than, yes. than English but actually, once you've connected the letter sounds with the sounds within words, it is straightforward. It is much, much easier to learn another language, another modern language. Yeah. So it's also supporting families who are living perhaps in the UK, for whom English isn't their first language, and they wouldn't necessarily have a clue. So yeah. it's really supportive there. Lovely. And hopefully... There are many apps out there, aren't there, where you as the adult hand the, the phone or the iPad to the child 
what I wished to create was a joint experience. So my initial thoughts would be that the parent, the carer, spends time listening first so they feel like they are um, in control and they know exactly what all the sounds are like. And then there's two chapters, one first with the sounds and then the second one with how they are written. But the first chapter definitely is promoting an adult to sit with the child mm -hmm. and to discover together. And when you have a look at the mmm sound, to then encourage looking around for anything in the environment or anything they can think of mm. that also sa yes. starts with that sound, that, that, that sound is in that word. I love that. Mm. I love that because it's that that's discovery. That's a shared, shared discovery. You're learning together. Any carer can be surprised with what a child comes up with because it won't necessarily be the thing that you expect. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. So um yeah, yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. So thank you. So that the sounds are really important and there are some surprises. There are some hard ones in there, actually. We've we've yep. touched on a couple, like the f and the o. Yes. Any other tricky Well, generally, ones? as an adult, if we look at the letter name, there's an inherent tendency to add the er uh sound on. So the might be pronounced as a burr and yes. that mm, might be pronounced as a mur. So what I would invariably suggest is listen to yourself first. Mm. I would do it as I was driving and stopping at traffic lights and just keep repeating the sounds back to mm. myself and to ensure as much as possible that er uh, sound gets shorter and shorter and shorter mm. until mm. hopefully... It's no longer there. There are certain sounds like, as you said, for the B, but mm. you can, however short that is, but mm. you probably could hear a little bit of an er mm. at the end, but it's definitely not burr. Yes. But, and the, the, the reason for that, presumably, is, is when a child comes to, I don't know, learn how to read and write the word button, if they've heard the burr as a burr, they can't then hear the uh in button. Yes, and the other way around, if you... So the example I would use is if they had the word mat in front of them yeah. and they were going to attempt for the first time ever to read that word, so you have three letters there, mm -hmm. and if you have shortened those letter sounds, it definitely means they can blend together. So the... Mm, at, mm, at, mat becomes mat. Whereas the other way around, if you had seen those letters to be a mer, a, ter, when the child comes to see those three letters to try and read it, they will be going mer, a, ter. So mer, a, ter, really matter, hard to blend. Rather yes. than mat. Yes, yes. So it's to make their child's journey yeah. to 
reading yes. those first experiences yeah. to be as positive as, as humanly possible. I like it. I like <laughs> it. So when you develop the app, you also, as you, you described it as a chapter, but it's sort of implicit in, in the app, isn't it? You've, you're encouraging or you're showing a child how to form those letter sounds as well. Yes. And that I found great because certainly many of the practitioners that I worked with had a very, all sorts of different ways of forming letters. Um, it was quite bizarre, some, some of them. But there's a consistency to forming letters that is really aids later writing and free writing, doesn't, doesn't yeah. it? Does... And the print, the font, that majority of primary schools use now was designed by the most amazing lady called Rosemary Sassoon, which I'm seeing your head nod, so you know her. She was amazing. I spent a day with her. So she created this font to support a child moving forward from just writing the letters, individual letters, to them being able to go to joined up writing. And the direction in which our pen or pencil moves to create those letters is really important because when we start creating writing letters in the correct direction, the movement into joined up writing is so eloquent. Yes. To unlearn or relearn how, for instance, to write a B is very, very difficult. But if, and even the O, so as you said about adults, I see many adults today when they form their O starting from the bottom and ending up in the bottom and sometimes going clockwise instead of anti-clockwise. That would make placing an O in the middle of the word and it being joined up incredibly difficult. And what we wish to do is start all those movements in the correct direction as early as possible because they became the learnt movements. And then it becomes much more effortless for a child to progress and move forward into the full cursive writing. Do you know, you've, you've reminded me of a story. I, I had uh, a member of staff once who had the strangest way of writing. Uh, you know, her pen hold was odd. It was very, very cumbersome, very tricky to watch, actually. And it, it, was, it was a hard one because the way we write is a model for the way our children, children yeah. write. So it was a tricky one. But this same member of staff was very artistic and creative. And you gave her a, a paintbrush and she was fluid. And, you know, the, the style of her brush strokes was so relaxed and so easy. So something had happened when she was taught to write that made it jerky and awkward. And this poor young lady I and mean, she was she was probably in her late 30s when I knew her she had soldiered on throughout her her life not being able to form letters easily and yet she clearly had the skill and that would maybe have been an education thing yeah. which then brings me back to the early years of if we as adults can be doing 
fabulous things with our young children, not holding a pen or a pencil, a stick and drawing in mud, a paintbrush, a big paintbrush dipped in water and drawing on concrete, hopefully in beautiful weather where it dries quickly and they can try again. <laughs> Your fingers in salt or sand. So you're not writing per se. However, you're supporting the child's journey so they, when they do pick up that pen or they do pick up that pencil, they're really confident mark makers and hopefully their muscles will remember some of those directions that you've shown them, whether that's the going round in circles, anti-clockwise from the top, whether that's going up and down and up and down, but starting from the top. Yeah. All of those really joyful experiences you can have as an adult with a child actually has such a profound impact on when they're in education. Yeah, so it's allowing that skill, the flow, the freedom... The body movements, actually, the, the physical development to, to be there ahead of the, the writing skills. Time sat at a desk. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. Tell me some stories about how you've seen some parents or carers really get it and it's transformed not only them as parents and carers, but also how their children benefiting from oh, uh, getting the um, understanding the app. I'm sorry. I said we were going yeah, to, well, no, it's <laughs> going fine. to a script. I, um, <laughs> I did have an amazing uh, experience the other day when I was delivering a workshop with many parents, in fact, and one mother wished to contribute to the discussion and she then informed me that it was getting information about my app that was her starting journey, supporting her child, that that then led her child being coming super fascinated in all things language. So rich vocabulary, discovery, picture dictionaries, etc., but he went into school and as an avid enthusiast and she wanted me to know that he was fluidly reading and it had been really graceful and that she was so excited that she had personally felt really strong in her ability to support him and that that then led to them doing that learning journey together her being able to hold her head up high and not having to ask any questions. So that was lovely. Uh, that's really special. Yeah, that and that's really lovely. That's really what we are about, is empowering any listener, anybody, just to feel a little bit more confident. Yeah. And, and how, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And in terms of um, practitioners, interestingly, it's always a little bit embarrassing either admitting or demonstrating in front of your colleagues children but the feedback has been just by spending some time sitting at home listening to the app it's meant that when they've walked into settings that they again can hold their head up high they feel really confident when they're introducing the letter sounds to the children in their care and know that when they move forward into primary school 
that they have supported that journey and not avoided it. Because that's what I think quite a lot of us might do. Whether we're a parent, a carer, a practitioner, we might avoid that experience with a child, bringing an awareness around the sounds. And in actual fact, it's super fun and there's some brilliant things you can do which are just so simple. It is about catching the moment. I'm a bit precious about literacy, really, um, because I like to read and I love books. um, But I, I often see the flip side of... The, the anxiety that, that carers might have around their child needs to read and write before starting school and da, 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 da. and so that that sort of brings a pressure into into their their caring and and frankly settings as well. There are many, many settings who will think that preparing their child for school and school readiness will include writing their name or yeah. whatever. And I'm <laughs> I'm not saying it doesn't, but the most important thing for me is catching the right moment. And and a child who suddenly gets reading, linking the sounds, blending sounds, however they do it, when the moment is right, it's so exciting and we can share that with yeah. them and capture it with them and it's magical mm. and i listening to your word there's a very big difference between catching a moment with a child and creating a moment with a child because for me if you catch a moment then it's in any moment of any day that you're with your child, when we as an adult try and create a moment, it's under our timetable or it's under our, as you said, a stress or a pressure for something to take place. And yet in that particular moment, is it is it right for the child? And I would suggest as soon as we feel that stress or that pressure, we shift from parent-carer mode and we go more into a teacher role and that automatically has a different way of being. And what I would be promoting, suggesting, is that you are walking down a street, that you are, it's at tea time, you're running the bath and and you're having fun and I'm like, oh gosh, can you hear the water? Listen to the water. The first sound I can hear in water is a wuh, wuh. There's a wuh in water. You just put those kind of sentences in occasionally and suddenly the child becomes fascinated and they're like, oh, is there a mmm then in milk? Yeah. And there's also a mmm in marvelous or whatever it happens to be but it's that you're just you're just getting the cereal ready at breakfast and that's your catching a moment yeah and it has a very different feel to it and it's fun it's like it can be fun then yeah yeah fabulous phonics exactly <laughs> and that's exactly what we're about at turning little stones it's it's about supporting parents who want to, who, 
that we're all wanting to be better at this. It's tough. It's tough um, caring for children. I'm just wondering if we just want to very, very briefly touch on other elements of communication and literacy, yeah. to use that word. We're, it's not the focus of today, but neither do we want it to parents to think that this is the starting point or the most important oh, yes. thing. It isn't. No. <laughs> it is just one aspect of communication and, and literacy that, that we know that many families and, and many adults are concerned about. So that's why we've, we want Focused, to talk about yeah. it first. But there are loads of other things on there, you know, language-rich environment. Yeah. Yes, and... Any daddies out there realise that if you wish your sons to enter into education enthusiastically, embracing all things reading and writing, please make sure that you are doing exactly that. In fact, all of us as adults, especially in today's world where technology is taking over, we are expecting our children to learn and be excited about reading and writing. And yet, do they see us as adults, write the shopping list, the cards, the diary entries, the calendars, reading, varied text from the newspaper to the book to the magazines. So that's the language rich. And don't ever be frightened to use the real vocabulary. For they, this young person is thrilled with these different words, long words. And so the caterpillar really can metamorphosize. It doesn't have to change. And the leaf really can photosynthesize because getting their tongues around those words is super exciting. But yeah, so it's that language-rich environment, bringing books into their everyday life. Because again, if there's a love of the book, then you're halfway there. So use the libraries on lots of different levels and not just for your child. And the two other skills that people don't realise are imperative for the children entering into literacy, again, are so fun. To have a sense of rhythm is brilliant. So where is the singing, the banging, the drum, the playing, the music, the kitchen discos, getting that sense of rhythm going and the rhyming? And rhyme is so important to get the patterning in language and to start then eventually when you see the text, you'll see the patterns in the words. So rather than having to sound it out, it just becomes, it just is the cat, the mat, the rat, the bat. And there are so many beautiful texts out there. So whether you're a Julia Donaldson fan, a Harry McClary fan, the books are there to support bringing in rhyme. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing on one of my little pleas is when you have a beautifully written book like a Julia Donaldson's, for example, yeah. Grothalo. Um, stick man and all the rest of it um please try not to interject all the time with questions and looking at the pictures because that interrupts the, the rhyme flow. and the flow of the book um that's great really exciting. yeah in the phonetics i know what you've just said and i completely and utterly endorse what you've just said but there's one of her books, The Monkey Puzzle. Yes. And not to interrupt the flow of the words, 
but there's a big excitement as you turn every page to see which animal the butterfly is coming up with next. And that's the kind of time when you can get excited about the phonetic sounds because you know that the butterfly is going to find an elephant next, but the child doesn't know that. So when you get to that part of the book, you can just stop and say, ooh, I think the animal is going to begin with the sound eh. And, and yeah, exactly. And just before you turn over the page, you get to elephant. But you have read that book, as you know, because the child doesn't want different books. They want the same book again and again and again. In a couple of weeks' time, you'll get to that page and the child will be there before you. Oh, there's an elephant next, isn't there? And the, the, the elephant begins with an eh. It's an eh for elephant. So you haven't stopped the flow, but just through the beauty of a book, you've brought in an understanding of the first sound of the s, the snake or the p, for parrot, and all those other lovely creatures that they come in contact with. Oh, I think we're probably coming to the end, which is very sad because, as you can probably guess, we can we talk, talk about hours. this forever. <laughs> but I, I'm just going to ask a couple of things. We are approaching summer here when we're recording it. Um, so is there anything you might do, might, I don't know, do differently or advise your families that they might like to do this summer? to uh, enjoy phonics, fabulous phonics? Mm, well, first of all, I would definitely ensure that you feel comfortable. So with that phrase, the phonetic alphabet, as a parent, I think I, in today's world, I really would. Yeah. It doesn't have to be through my app, it, but it can be in whichever way is more comfortable. If you are looking, by the way, through other apps, so many of them have an American accent. So it's it's quite important to ensure that you have a tool that fits with your child and where they're going to education. But once you feel comfortable as an adult, it's actually what not to do, I think. It, it's Don't think that you have to teach your child. Don't feel you have to allocate time to sit down and learn about the phonetic sounds it's just drip feeding it in your everyday language and your time that you're having so outside on a walk at the beach having a picnic whatever your summer looks like as soon as you as an adult are confident then you just pop it you as you said the moments are there and you use those moments to when you know it's appropriate your child is receptive so exciting I'm going to ask myself now because Sarah's such an expert gosh <laughs> and and one of the things that's just come out as we've been talking is going to the library um a lot of libraries will put events on in the summer if you want some help in choosing books and hearing stories well read that's a good place to start um, and enjoy going to the library the other thing you, you've also popped into my head so many even if parents and carers and grandparents are reading often it might be on a kindle or on a, a tablet of some description so actually the child isn't necessarily seeing 
your behaviour being any different, if, even if you are reading a tome, um, an, an amazing book, that you're behaving in the same way as checking emails. your bank account yep. or, or your emails yep. or something. So, so it might just be a good idea to say, oh, I'm reading a really good book um, when, when you're reading it in the most convenient way. But anyway, that's, that's my take home. But Brilliant. listeners, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you. There's so much more to talk about. And I'm hoping we might see and hear some more of Sarah in, in, uh, in the future. And we really just once again want to signpost to A to Z. And I know Sarah you know, has explained that it, she is not promoting this, but I am on her behalf because it is a really powerful and very simple app. So thank you again. Thank, thank you. For thank you, Caroline. No, I've loved it. Thank you very much. Until next time. Bye. Bye. It just leaves me to say thank you for listening to this episode of Turning Little Stones. We hope it's given you some food for thought and maybe some ideas to try. As always, you'll find the show notes for this episode, together with further information, episodes and resources, by heading over to our website, www.turninglittlestones.com. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.